Welcome to the No Pixel of Dark podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Dante. Today, we have a very, very special guest. Uh, this young lady I've been trying to get a hold of since January of this year. She's been very busy. She travels the United States, all over the world. She's helping educators one at a time or even a million at a time. And without further ado, thank you, Donna. Dan, Donna, right? Dana, like Dan, Dan Banana. You got Dana, it. <laughs> Dana, Dana. How are you doing today? I'm doing awesome. I'm so grateful to connect with you. And I hope someday we can hug in person. We, we were planning then, that. Sending virtual hugs. Virtual <laughs> hug. Virtual hug. Yeah, I appreciate you coming on. And give people a little bit background about yourself before we even, what, what, what company you belong to. Real quick. Go ahead. Sure. Yeah. So I am from Annapolis, Maryland, originally. I am the founder of Happy Teacher Revolution. We are a movement that was born in Baltimore, but has gone global with a mission to support the mental health and wellness of educators by organizing and conducting support groups for educators in the field of mental health and wellness to increase teacher happiness, retention, and professional sustainability. So uh, my story with Happy Teacher Revolution started actually when I was in high school and college. I struggled with uh, mental illness, with anxiety, depression, and panic attacks. And I could hide it from my friends and I could hide it from my parents. But my teachers recognized those subtle changes in behavior as warning signs and encouraged me to seek treatment and get help. And, and they saved my life. I call them my emotional first responders. So I know we have so many first responders out there right now. And they're out there helping and supporting um, everyone during this pandemic, but our teachers are first responders too, in so many ways. And they saved my life. And they're the reason I became a teacher myself. And I taught for seven years for Baltimore city public schools. Thank you so much for getting that intro. I appreciate it. Just to give people a background. And again, um, thank you for what you're doing right now, because there's so much onions. You can, we could peel back of what's going on right now. And we're, we're going to get to that. We're, we're going to get to that. Cause I'm fascinated. It's all happened in crazy timing. So I'm happy you talk about the mental health right now. Mm-hmm. So, where you? What college did you go to? Is that what you? Is that what you always wanted to be a teacher? I always question that. <laughs> no, I I didn't think I could ever be a teacher. I didn't think I had enough patience to be a teacher for so long. Um, and I think that must be because when I was in high school and college, I I played the saxophone, so I gave music lessons and things like that. And it was it was challenging to not only teach someone an instrument, but for them to be making noise and music as it's happening. So I thought, oh, I don't know if I can be a teacher. And I went to the University of Virginia. I was a big nerd. I was a Jefferson scholar at UVA. Um, And I had originally wanted to be a pediatrician. I knew I always wanted to help kids. I always knew I wanted to help kids. Um, But I realized medicine wasn't necessarily the avenue through which it was going to happen. I wasn't sure how I was going to help kids. And it was the summer before my last year in college that I went to Southeast Asia. I lived in Cambodia for the summer and taught English in two orphanages there. And in Southeast Asia, teachers are held to such high esteem, higher than doctors, higher than lawyers. When I walked into my classroom to teach, my students would stand up and give me a standing ovation. They would all start clapping. And then one of them would bring me a glass of water. And I was like, this teaching gig's pretty great. I'm going to try it in Baltimore. (laughs) A little different in Baltimore, but that's how my teaching journey began. I, I mean, I fell in love with teaching in Cambodia and I thought, well, you know, I'm going to I'm going to start my own backyard first before teaching abroad, um, and I started in Baltimore and stayed for seven years. So okay, you were you were over in Southeast Asia. Okay, <laughs> you're over there. They're clapping, handing hand to hand. You're showing, getting felt the love over there. Now here's a million dollar question: Why pick Baltimore City? 
You because you gotta go. You gotta understand. You could have been. You could have did Baltimore County, or you could have did a private school. Mm-hmm. What made you want to come into Baltimore City? Mm-hmm. Baltimore has always been a really special place to me. I I grew up actually doing research in in high school at the University of Maryland Medical Center in the radiation oncology department. Again, I was a super nerd, so I was really interested in cancer research, um, the effects of radiation. Um, on cancerous cells, and if those cells communicated to each other as an as an after effect of the radiation, increase the likelihood of cancer down the road. Anyway, that was my science fair project. Um, but Baltimore has been a really special place to me. It's where Johns Hopkins University is, and so I got my master's from Hopkins. And by staying and teaching in Baltimore, my master's degree was paid for. Um, and also, I was the winner of the Johns Hopkins Social Innovation Lab uh, for Happy Teacher Evolution. So having the support from Hopkins was huge. Um, And I was also a former Miss Baltimore. So I used to compete in the Miss America organization. So I did not know that. Did not know that, folks. Wow. She just gave me, she gave me uh, um, an uh-oh moment. I need to go get my sash. I have my Miss Baltimore sash. Come on now. Miss Baltimore. And I would bring in my crown to teach the letter Q to my students for Queen. You I just believe me. <laughs> I love this. I I just got a uh oh moment right now on my show. I'm <laughs> speechless right now. I I don't even gonna follow up for that question. Miss <laughs> Baltimore. Wow, I am I should I curtsy real quick on, on oh, no, Zoom? No, 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 no. <laughs> it was so funny. I had a, I had a student, she goes, You might be the queen of this classroom, but you ain't no queen of Baltimore. <laughs> wow, wow. I said, wow. wow, I brought in my crown and sash the next day, like this waving and That's so cool. That okay. <laughs> oh, all right, all right. See, that's what I love about podcasts, because you can go any which direction. Okay, so <laughs> Miss Baltimore, how does that even happen? I mean, uh, you know, I was watching Miss Kajini Geniality one, two, yeah. and three the other day, but how does it even, is that really play out in real life? Like the movie, is it really competitive or is it, can it, is it a caddy scene? I know, I know we're going to talk about your, 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 but I'm stumped right now. So go ahead, please tell so, me. Yeah. So, so I love pageants. I had so much fun competing in the Miss America organization. And just so you know, this is different from, Donald Trump's pageant, which was the Miss Universe. So the big difference, there's two big differences between Miss Universe, Miss USA, and Miss America. Miss America came first, uh, but Miss America has the talent competition as well as the platform. So uh, Miss America contestants have to perform a talent and they also have to have a cause or organization or service that they're associated with. So uh, my my cause was mental health awareness, stop the stigma, depression, anxiety awareness. I wanted to use the title and role of a beauty queen to take away the stigma that mental illness can look like any number of different ways. It doesn't discriminate based on age or race or socioeconomic status or gender. Um, and so it was really important to me to bring advocacy work around mental health awareness. And my talent, I play the saxophone. So I played uh, Michael Jackson, Man in the Mirror was my talent. Nice, nice. Now, what now? What age did you find out about your mental health? Like, when? Like, I know you say you found out, but when did you figure out? Like, I need to figure this out and go and go forward. Like, mm-hmm. what was it? What? There's always an event that happens mm-hmm. with this. What was the event? Yeah. So for me, the first time it was my senior year in high school. I was 17, and I felt validation and affirmation through accomplishing things and like building my resume. And like, I, and that's how I associated my own self-worth. And I thought maybe I'll start feeling better and I won't feel this darkness the next time I 
you know, computer, get this, or after I apply to college or after this happens. And it was something that I just was never able to like wake up out of. And I, and I didn't realize that there were subtle things that my teachers recognized. And, and that was the first time I, I sought help. Uh, saw a therapist and mental health professional. Um, I was prescribed medication. And, and then I would go to college. I start to feel better. I'm like, oh, I'm feeling better. I'm not going to take the meds anymore. I don't need to talk to me anymore. And, and that ends up being very common oftentimes for people as they begin treatment and start to feel better. Then they, they stop and then it, it upswings again. And that's exactly what happened to me. So um, the following couple of years, the same sort of symptoms came about. And often, you know, it was my teachers who saved my life, but most specifically my teachers who I've been connected to through the arts, uh, because that was an outlet for me that I think um, my voice and my personhood, my humanity came out that I couldn't like suppress or hide maybe in other arenas or aspects of my life. And so um, it's also been a part of my healing journey too, has been continuing to play music and write poetry. Um, And so that was the second time that it sort of came about. And and my, it was just my teachers sitting me down and saying like, hey, are you okay? You know, and having that relationship and that rapport and vulnerability fostered amongst one another. And then I realized when I became a teacher, you know, within the demand of the job that we're not supporting our teachers adequately in identifying and recognizing these things in our students, even as the mental health issues continue to increase. Now, here's a question, because I didn't put this on the, I didn't send this on the paper, but um, you guys belong to a teacher's union. Do they give you, is there something that they give out to teachers that have to go through what you were going through? Is there anything so, out there for teachers? For, let's say Baltimore City, let's go with that. Right. So there is an uh, employee assistance program or the EAP, EAP phone number that folks can call. Um, in terms of the union, we have been, Happy Teacher Revolution has been trying to collaborate with the National Education Association. So that's the largest uh, organized union in the U.S. for teachers. Um, so we've been trying to work with state chapters to help provide free resources for educators and things like that. Um, we're trying, we're pro teachers and trying to help teachers whatever way we can. But I also recognize that sometimes the unions can be toxic also. Um, and so, you know, we're a different entity. So I, and which I think is important and is that we're not necessarily operating up under an, um, one umbrella, but that we're just pro teachers. We're pro helping and supporting our educators. And by teachers, I mean, anyone who is in a relationship intensive profession with a child any caregiver who works with kids. So I'm saying teacher as in teachers are social workers, school psychologists, nurses, bus drivers, uh, secretaries, administrators, anybody who can impact the life of a child. That's, that's what I'm concerned about. I love that. I, lo- I love hearing that. That's, that's a beautiful <laughs> thing. Um, so what are some of the things that um, helped you start this group? Like when you started from ground level, what was your vision? What were your thoughts? What were you looking for? Yeah, so my vision originally stemmed and was inspired by the consciousness raising groups of the civil rights movement and the women's liberation movement, gathering teachers together to hold space to heal, deal, and be real about the social, emotional, and intellectual demands they face on the job. Our teachers, and my own experience, I felt so isolated and alone. Like there's the teacher across the hall or upstairs and the teacher I would see in the e-blast get the shout out for being teacher of the week. And I thought, oh my gosh, like, my kiddos were, were not in a straight line in the hallway and I'm by myself with them all day long. Like I'm with kids all day long, but I don't have the chance to interact with other educators if it's not. A- and so, you know, that's its own thing. And so I wanted to really have an opportunity for teachers to gather together to normalize self-care, wellness, and healthy strategies as professional development and to celebrate each other when we said no or set boundaries 
or went home before it got dark out. You know, I, I really cared about the long-term health and sustainability of our educators because I just so I saw so many teachers just dropping like flies and dropping out and great teachers that, you know, really went into it for the right reasons, but you know, they're, they're being asked too much. Their plates are filling up and we're forgetting to, to really prioritize the social emotional learning of our educators. Nice. I like that. I like that a lot. Um, so were you doing this part-time at the beginning and teaching and how did that all flourish to where we are right now? Yeah, are you still, so, and, and are you still teaching right now presently? So go ahead. So it started as our meetings were us. It's sort of like AA, but for teachers, except you're allowed to drink after. <laughs> like that, like that. Sign me up for that. Sign me up. You know what I'm saying? So it's like we sit in a circle. And um, so I started holding these meetings in my classroom and other people's classrooms in the basement of a church and yoga studios on the Hopkins campus, like anywhere I could find. Um, and then Education Week wrote an article about us, and that was our first big piece of press in 2017. And once that article went live, we went viral. Like I started getting emails from people all over the country, all over the world saying, my teachers are stressed out too, or I'm a stressed out teacher. How do I start one of these meetings? So I was still in the classroom at the time in West Baltimore at uh, Windsor Hills Elementary. And I worked on nights and weekends to start and develop an online course to train teachers online how to hold these meetings wherever they lived in person. And so that started in 2017 and we started with 13 different states in the fall. And then next year in 2018, we went global. We launched our international sites in Dakar, Senegal and West Africa uh, because even our international teachers are experiencing stress and burnout. Um, and so then in 2018, I left the classroom to work on this full time. That's a wild moment, folks. A wild moment. She's, uh, <laughs> she's, she's over in Africa, the homeland right now. It's a beautiful thing. Wow. So because I've seen you in Houston, I've, you know, because you got to do your homework research. And when you talk to, you know, <laughs> anybody, I'm like, all right, let me find out about this. And how happy <laughs> is this? And and I, I really just reading like a lot of the people, teachers comments, this is a very great thing that teachers mm -hmm. are excited about and the wellness and the mental, mental being. And mm -hmm. that's a very, very important thing because they're teaching the future leaders of America. Mm -hmm. And if the teacher's not well, how can they give a good class? How can they teach the students? How can they, you know, hide those type of things? It's going mm -hmm. to show in your work. It's going to show in everyday life. Mm -hmm. What things as far as, okay, when you first went out to viral, what was your first reaction? Were you nervous? Were you scared? Were you like, how am I even going to do this? Yeah. Um, who was a good backer? How was your family backing you? And I'm saying, you know, you're like mom, dad. I'm about to leave. I'm about to leave my full time gig. I got, I got great, I got great healthcare benefits, and I'm about to leave this right now to go help out the world. We are the world right now, and it's a beautiful thing. So help me with that transition of the listeners understanding. Like you're leaving, great, great, a great gig to, to, to the unknown. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, you're absolutely right. My parents look at me like, you're walking away from health insurance and your tenured position and you got seven years in the system and you're, and I was making good money. I was a model teacher. You know, I had applied and earned that respect as a model. Hold up, hold up. Some people may not know what that is. I, I, didn't, I, I didn't want to open Pandora's box, but, <laughs> but you said it. Could put it for real quick, for the listeners real quick, because I, yeah. I, I know what it is. Yeah, so the model teacher process is one that is unique in Baltimore City where 
you know, unfortunately, when I got my master's degree, I, did, I wasn't guaranteed a pay bump as a result of the master's, but they do have an application process for model teacher to receive quite a significant salary increase after applying, a, a, ends up being about a 900 page proposal and a 45 minute video and artifacts of student work and um, like parent, you know, feedback and initiating and developing. And Happy Teacher Revolution was actually one of the artifacts in my in my model portfolio. I identified the need in my community that my that teachers' mental health was um, suffering, and I and I wanted to create a solution and invent a solution for it. So um, thank you, thank you. Sorry. So we'll go back. Well, sorry, we did a little quick, yeah, we did a oh, quick, yeah. so quick turn. <laughs> parents, now, now we're back on the we're back on the yellow brick road. So go ahead. Your parents, yeah, so you got seven me, years. Ultimately, it was a bigger risk to to not do it and always wonder what if than to make the leap. It was a bigger risk for me to like. Yeah, it was just I, I had to like I it I, it it came to a, a point where I'm like I cannot believe there aren't enough people supporting the mental health of our teachers. If no one else is doing it, it's got to be me. And the mantra that I kept saying in my head was leap and the net will appear. Leap and the net will appear. Leap and the net will appear. Is that, <laughs> man, what, what is you guys' slogan? What do you, do you have? Do you have a slogan? Is there a, a kind of like what you just said right there? Do you have one for happy teacher? Do you have one of those? Yeah. So I would say our, our slogan is happy teachers equals happy kids. One of the okay. things we say in our, in our, at the end of every single happy teacher revolution meeting is you can't pour from an empty bowl. You can't teach from an empty soul. Like that, we're gonna we're gonna I'm gonna bring that back at the end, so you can say that one more time at the end yeah. for the people in the back. <laughs> so that that's great. So, how has the community how's how has the community and teachers embraced your platform? How has that helped going like to Houston? Uh, you know, other all parts of the United States going traveling. How has that the communities and teachers say this is this is something that we want to be a part of? We want we we like what she's talking about. Go ahead. I think what has resonated the most with teachers is that. They know that I get it. I've been there. I understand. And there's so many decisions and policies that are forced upon our educators by people who don't get it and who don't understand and who haven't been there. I think it it honestly, it blows my mind every time I pull up our social media to see that we have tw- over 20,000 followers. And this started as something that was just an idea. And it, then the idea became action. And now the action is a movement. And so, you know, I think what's been so inspiring is that, well, something that has been developed in Southeast Baltimore is, is something, a tool, a a toolkit, a framework, a methodology that can help support teachers all over the country, all over the world, because, you know, our teachers are working with students who've experienced trauma with high ACE scores, which is the adverse childhood experiences, um, our teachers are overwhelmed and stressed out and they're not renewable resources. And so what has been so powerful is like, I, I mean, I, like to hear the testimonials of teachers who have transformed their lives because of Happy Teacher Revolution and who are literally waking up each day a different person because of this work and the work that they've done to prioritize themselves. Like it's just, it gives me goosebumps every time. So real quick, walk me through, I'm a teacher somewhere in the world stressed out. Um, I feel like nobody's supporting me. Um, I'm single. Okay. I just, I'm just giving you scenarios. What would happy teacher revolution offer me that will help me to be a better teacher and a better person and give me mental well-being? Tell me, just give us listeners how you walk us through that. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that we're able to offer you is permission to reclaim happiness as your own to let you know that you're not alone 
that we're here for you, that we are a community, that if you aren't feeling that sense of belonging on your grade level team or your floor or your building or wherever, wherever you are, that you're not alone, that we're here to support you. And in the Happy Teacher Revolution movement, there, we believe that the step before self-care is self-awareness. So we have a number of online opportunities and videos and resources for folks to engage in for free so that our educators can start to reframe and revolutionize their mindset around supporting their students by supporting themselves. I like that. I like that. Now, do you guys have, um, do you have resources for to talk to a psychiatrist or things of that nature instead of the, I know everybody does computer-based training, mm-hmm. which is great, but sometimes you like hearing the person's voice. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, do you have a staff or is just party one party of you or how does that work with the whole setup for your company? Yeah. So uh, we're not therapy. We, you know, I'm not a doctor and you know, our training is not meant to substitute um, for therapy or medical advice or things of that nature, um, you know, we we do uh, encourage and participate in mental health first aid training, and we provide resources from NAMI, the National Alliance of Mental Illness, and uh, things of that nature. But, you know, I think what has been really powerful is realizing how much teachers crave to not only feel less alone by gathering in a community with other educators, but also to be able to give voice to their experiences and to feel listened to. To not necessarily be told like, this is the answer, try this, or have you attempted this action plan or X, Y, and Z, but just to feel listened to um, and affirmed in our own experiences as expertise. So um, right now, the world has changed. Okay. And this is great. I mean, it's funny. We plan this podcast now and we didn't think this was going to happen in the world right now. So I'm happy that I'm have you on the hot seat right now because we're about to ask more questions about this. So we're on chartered water, chartered waters with the society and schooling right now. A lot of States are teaching kids are teaching from home. Parents are teaching, not parents, but teachers are teaching from home. What's some of the feedback you're getting right now from teachers right now? Because as you know, I live with a teacher and it's a lot of things going on. And, you know, what, what are you giving them or what things are you doing to help them get through the daily obstacle? Because a lot of teachers miss their students. They miss their kids. You know, I see a lot of things on TV, which they're cute, where the teachers are driving through the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I've seen the kids, but guess what? In Baltimore City, we, the, the kids can be famous anywhere in the, in the neighborhood, you know? So that was nice. I saw that. But what kind of things are you reinforcing right now with teachers right now going through all this stress and not in the, the unknown? Because now we're online teaching. Whole different ballgame now. I mean, this is college level stuff, but go ahead. I'll let you go ahead. Answer. Yeah, I think the first thing that I want to point out is that this is a grieving process, that our teachers are experiencing grief the loss of the time of their school year. They feel like they're being robbed of, you know, time with their students and time to make those aha moments and connection. I think there's a lot of grief around uh, anticipatory grief. Like we don't know what's happening next for our teachers who aren't tenured. Do I even have a position next year? What's going on? Um, And this collective grief, it's like, we're all feeling it. It's this unifying sadness that our teachers are experiencing all over the country, all over the world, like all of a sudden. Um, The other thing that I'm hearing a lot is that it's totally upended our ability to unsegment our lives. I wrote that. I have quotes of like, when when I talk to teachers, I write these sound bites down because I think that's a huge thing is that like, 
before it was hard enough for teachers before all this to like separate work and home. Um, and there are strategies that I encourage teachers to do, like take off, like if you wear a school ID lanyard during your work day, hang it up at the end of the day. And that's like, you're hanging up Miss Thomas and you're transitioning to Dana. Like a doctor takes off their white lab coat and hangs it up and then they go as, as a person, you know? And so I like that. I like that. Like boundaries. And so setting an alarm on your phone when the work day ends to pack up and leave your classroom. So now work and home are all in the same sphere. And that it was hard enough for teachers before, but now it's even harder. And so I think it's really important for teachers to be able to set those boundaries and hold those boundaries now between, you know, their work email, deleting the work email off the phone, or at least the notifications on the weekend or whatever the case may be, sending an alarm on your phone to stop working, just like you set an alarm to work, wake up in the morning. Yeah. I mean, I, what I do is uh, cause I don't, I, I telework now. And I wake up just like I go to work every day. Keep my same routine. I don't change my routine. I wake up, walk the dog, do what I have to do. And then I have my breakfast and then I'm back, you know, sitting down. Like you said, set alarms. Guess what? I do lunch every day at 12 o'clock. That's when I'm eating lunch. I'm not going to break my routine. What do you say? I mean, I've, I've read a lot of teachers on Facebook who, you know, are very sad. You know, I had one teacher that was, wrote a whole couple pages of felt like it on Facebook about the grieving process, as you said, uh, how it's starting to hit home that this is, this is it. I may or may not see my kid until maybe winter next year. Maybe we don't know. Um, what are some things online that we could, is there, is there a group that I can reach out to from a Facebook or something like that, or with you guys where there's a chat room where teachers kind of like saying, Hey, this is, I'm bouncing this off. What are you guys doing? Is there something that is a resource from, from your standpoint? Oh yeah, absolutely. So you can find us. We do have a, a Facebook group um, at happy teacher revolution on Facebook and a members only community. We also have an online community, um, our happy teacher revolution.com. If you click join us, um, it's a forum for you to be authentic, uh, to not have to sugarcoat things and to be real. That's what we're all about. Um, and for folks to just to connect with each other uh, through these uncertain times. And so that's what has been really important to us is be able, being able to provide an opportunity for folks to join and connect with each other. Starting in May, we'll be able to offer our online Happy Teacher Revolution meetings for folks to tune into. Uh, we're just trying to get more and more folks trained to be able to hold these meetings because my vision is my vision one day is for teachers to be able to tune into a Happy Teacher Revolution meeting on the hour everywhere every hour every day of the week, no matter where they lived, having a happy teacher online meeting in Dubai and one in Baltimore and one in Oregon. And, you know, that's, that's really my vision is for folks to be able to tune into these meetings online. Um, whenever they, whenever they so desire. That's nice. I, I like to hear that because I feel like this is a crazy time we're living in and all the resources out there in the world. I think people just need them to have it. And I'm glad you gave us some information of where we can find those resources. Okay, so whew, we got through the got through the got through the meat of it, okay? <laughs> so now this is always the fun part, okay? This is the fun part with the podcast, okay? Um, rapid fire. This is rapid fire. Um no, I don't explain it, I just say one one word. No, you can say whatever you want to say. It's oh, yeah. rapid fire. It's rapid fire. We're gonna do this and um we're gonna go over. So you already said it earlier, but I don't know if you I don't know if this is maybe. <laughs> do you play do you play instrument and which ones? Yes, I play saxophone, clarinet, djembe, and cajon. Got you. 
If you could perform with one music artist, who would it be? Ooh, dead or alive. Either one. Ooh, okay. So I would I would, would love to perform with Cannonball Adderley. He's my okay. favorite saxophone player in the whole world. Okay. Um, alive. Oh my gosh. I would love to, I would love to perform with Chance the Rapper. Nice, nice. He nice. I like that. I like that. I like that. <laughs> Who's your favorite author? Mm, I love, oh gosh, I would say Young Pablo is the one that I've been, a book I recently um, purchased of poems. So okay. Poetry. Nice plug. I'm going to look that up after we get done. Young Pablo. <laughs> okay. Best crab cake in Baltimore. Oh, this has got to be Jimmy Seafood. But that's because oh. I taught a Holliver Okay. Okay. I'm going to let, I'm let that one slide. I'm going to let that slide. See, if we would have had our meeting up here today, I would have took you to Coco's. We're that's, that's the best Baltimore crab cake. Well, we're, we're not gonna go that. That's right, just, this your rapid fire. <laughs> best brunch meal in Baltimore. I love brunch at La Food Marquetta, nice. up near where I live, up uh, Mount Washington, Greenspring area. Okay, okay. The brunch bowl is the best. It's my favorite. Bloody Mary or mimosa. Mm, mimosa. I was gonna say margarita. Can I? Okay, margarita. Okay, margarita. Okay, margarita. I say even better. Tequila. That's even better. That's even better. I, I like that. I like that. All right. I like that. That you you used it a a new one for the game show. You said other other. I like that. Okay. Okay. Margarita. All right. Tequila. Hey, you, you. All right, all right. See, man, you got me. Oh, moment. That may get spicy. No worries. No worries. No worries. Flats or drums? Drums. And we're not, <laughs> t- tell the audience what you asked me before we started I, this. I was like, flats or drums? I was like, wait, is that? Does he mean instruments, chicken, or heels? High heels? Nah. <laughs> chicken. We going with the chicken. We going with the chicken. Chicken. Blue, blue, blue cheese or ranch? Blue cheese. Hot sauce. Oh, yeah. Okay. Big time. I like it spicy for sure. Favorite city to visit? Amsterdam. Nice, nice. Oh, that cheese is so good. <laughs> <laughs> the mystery question. The mystery question. Here's the mystery question. So, if you hopped in, if I hopped in your car right now, the music comes on, what's the first song's popping on? It would be FKJ Tuttle. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Just, and my car, my car is fun to drive too. It's a little convertible. So okay. I just wanted to make sure. To down too. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that's that melts the mystery question. Cause it's always like, is it Taylor Swift up on the play? As soon as you top it, it's all good. It's all good. I should have my sax ready to go for this. See, time. see, <laughs> we've been ready. I was, I, you know, I was like, I saw you play a saxophone and I was like, she reminds me of Lisa Simpson rocking it. Then she's see. That's why I play. That is why I started playing the saxophone in the fourth grade because of Lisa Simpson. I kid you not. Are you serious? Okay, yeah, I was just joking around. Serious. Okay, okay. I'm dead serious. And Bleeding Gums Murphy. That's that's who I really want to perform with. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> um, if there was, if you had to have dinner, so yeah, I got two of them now. If you had to have dinner with four people in the world, dead or alive. Who would you talk to? Who would who would the four be? And what would be the what would the topic be? What would you want the topic be? I would want to talk to 
Maya Angelou. I would want to talk to, um, I would want to talk to Ellen DeGeneres. I, I would want to talk to, um, I would want to talk to Miles Davis. Love Miles Davis. I play Miles Davis a lot. Go ahead. And I would want to talk to Frederick Douglass. Wow, that's powerful. That, that's that's a power lineup. That, that's, that's a great, a great lineup. lineup. That's a great lineup. Wow. And I still and and there were other people that I would want to add to that I have talked to, but like Valencia Clay. I want her to come hang out. I want Chris Emden to come hang out. That's that's a bonus though. You can't get so that's, the bonus. A bonus, that's, yeah. that's a bonus person. You can't get that. We're gonna get four. It's like yeah, and I would honestly, I would ask them about their self care strategies and times that they've struggled with their with mental health and what that looked like because I. I don't know, I, these advocates and social justice warriors and change makers, I'm really concerned now about what burnout looks like in these leaders who are fighting for social impact and social change. Because I've been so focused on um, teacher burnout, but now that I'm leading a movement of, of educators and, and I'm at the forefront of this, it's, I'm getting all this pushback and, and I, I want to hear from other leaders who, and advocates, like how they took the care of themselves. Nice, nice. And what is the best advice you've ever received? Kiss. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. That works, well, that I works. Mean, I, honestly, but I think, but it is. I mean, and I see it now, like... I think even as I'm running this organization, like there's so many different avenues to go. There, there, there's so many different paths I can take with supporting teacher mental health and wellness. And I realized like the simplest way, the best way, and the one way I'm going to focus on is the teachers themselves. Like I could go to the school districts and the unions and this and that, whatever. And I have been, but the people who get it are the te- are the ones at the ground level, at the grassroots level, and so that's where I'm starting. And so I and so that's been great advice. It was advice from my um, from my mentor in the research lab at uh, at um, University of Maryland Medical Center. He said, just like with science and everything else, kiss method, keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> and for and for all the um, spouses out there mm-hmm. or the partners, mm-hmm. is there a is there something that you guys that you that, that your your revolution have for us, mm-hmm. meaning? How do we help out our spouse who's a teacher mm-hmm. or who's in that? Would, is there anything out there that you guys have teaching set for that? Or I know that's like a little twist at the end I'm giving you right now. No, it's really important because you know our, we talk about vicarious trauma with our teachers who work with students who've experienced trauma firsthand or secondhand trauma, but y'all spouses are thirdhand trauma. You know, it's like there's so much that's you know that you have to grapple with because you're in it too. And one thing that I've realized with Happy Teacher Revolution is that the impact that we're making in the lives of the teachers it's impacting the families too. Like the husbands and wives coming to me saying, "My spouse is a different person when they walk through the door." Um, and so that's the thing is that our resources and our self-care intro course, it's not just for teachers, it's for anybody. And now that all of our parents are at home, they're teachers now, all y'all teachers, you know, so all y'all need to take the intro course. <laughs> hey, guess what? Little Johnny is a badass little kid. <laughs> Mommy and dad didn't realize Johnny's bad as hell. They knew he was. But um, I love, I, I want to wrap this beautiful thing up in a bow because you have really hit on something that, I mean, it struck a chord with me right now. and, and I, I'm. I didn't know where this conversation was going to go. I didn't know. Cause I was like, I, I don't, I'm not in a profession, but you struggle court with mental health. And I love that because it's such a hot topic and it's so important. And we don't know what teachers go through. 
We don't know every day the stress that, you know, a kid could say, he hit me, the teacher hit me. And then, you know, you're going, you just, there's so many different things and you're not getting that support from the administration. You're not getting support from home. You're not getting support, but you're on the island by yourself. And you telling your story has brought me like, wow. Like I'm like, it's a powerful story because that's impacted me. And now I know my listeners are going to be like, I can relate. I know somebody like this. And I'm, I know you're on ton of, I know you're the most busiest person in the world to catch up with. But I thank you, the No Pixel Dark podcast, for having you on because this is very, very important to everybody. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I thank you so much. But go ahead. Any, anything for you to wrap up on your end? Well, I just want to say thank you for illuminating and, and amplifying the voices of Baltimore and the voices of this community because that's so powerful to share the journeys and the narratives of of this um, incredible city and this incredible place and and for sharing my voice as on behalf of the voices of other educators because so many teachers don't feel like they're being listened to um, they feel like they're being silenced and so I just am so grateful for you bringing light to mental health awareness bringing light to the power of education to transform and and specifically a, an organization that was born right here in Baltimore. Uh, by Baltimore teachers. And thank you. Thank your wife for her service. She was a beautiful, beautiful light in my life when I was teaching. And I am just so grateful for the privilege to have worked alongside alongside her in Southeast Baltimore. Hey, I will definitely, definitely, definitely <laughs> know. And again, I really appreciate it. It's ball, 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 Baltimore, starting in Baltimore. And this, the, the movement is everywhere right now. And what cities are you, what cities are like your, your top cities you, you have been visiting a lot? just so people can have an idea. Because I have a lot of friends who live in New York. I have a lot of friends who live in Philly. I have a lot of friends that listen to from LA. My third biggest audience is LA. My second biggest audience is New York. Because um, I, we'll, we'll come back to New York in a minute. But what are your biggest audiences? I mean, from movements to your cities. Yeah, so I would say our largest sites have been in Tennessee, um, in Nashville Metro. Uh, we have a, a number of sites in Northern Colorado, um, in Greeley School District, Loveland, um, and also in Oregon, in Salem, Kaiser, and Bend, Oregon. Nice, 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 nice. Okay, I appreciate it. But you, you said something very interesting earlier, and I didn't. I was like, always wait to the wait to the end to say it. So UVA, I didn't go to UV, UVA. But my school does not like UVA at all. I went to a college up north, Syracuse. So it's always a big thing. When you talk to you, yes, I know. So it's always, it's always a UVA. Any of my friends, when we play UVA, we get together and just watch it. And it's always like a love hate UVA Syracuse fest. But it's all love at the end. But lacrosse, we're all wearing orange in the end, right? We all wearing orange at the end. So you're right. You're exactly right. So. It's, it's lacrosse and basketball, so yeah. it's always a big thing um, just for people outside if they don't know. <laughs> now, now you know. Um, where can we find you on IG, Facebook, uh, all these social platforms? Where can we find you? Go ahead. Start blasting yeah, Join us on Facebook and Instagram at Happy Teacher Revolution. On Twitter, we're at Happy Teacher HTR. Our website's happyteacherrevolution.com. And my email is Dana, D-A-N-N-A, at happyteacherrevolution.com. I'd love to connect. Nice, nice. And next time, we will definitely do it in person. And we're going to bring up the Cocos, Northeast Baltimore, Let's so you can go. taste the crab kick, okay? After all this <laughs> craziness goes on. But uh, without... Cocos. Definitely Cocos. Without <laughs> further ado, again, thank you, Dana, for coming on. I appreciate it. Um, again, 
you gotta find you gotta find this movement. This movement's amazing, and everything that she's doing. She's every week they have. I've seen it. Uh, she goes live. She has videos, testimonies from teachers all over the U.S. And you know what? If you're a teacher, or if you are a spouse, or a partner, whatever you may be, something just to take a peek in because you may may be able to use it for your job. You may be able to go on through some situations at your job that you're stressed out, and maybe you can use some of those applications that they have on here. All right. Awesome. Thank you so much. And we're out, folks. Peace, love, and happiness. Bye.